there are opportunities always. Just don't close them out. And, uh, and you know, financial resources always help. So to the extent you, you learn some of those good habits early um, and do save and do plan, I always talk about planning and saving for education, um, you can get there. It's a complex world out there. It seems to take forever. There is disappointment, which is natural. Resilience is about hope. Most of our ideas come from just listening. Ask a courageous question. It feels good to be able to do something positive for people. You are a force multiplier. Welcome to Watching Trees Grow, a podcast by Troutwood. I'm Gene Natale, co-founder and CEO of Troutwood. Today, we have a, a very special guest. Uh, we're talking with Mary Morris, who is the CEO of the Virginia 529 plan, the largest 529 plan in America, uh, a plan that manages over a, around $100 billion on behalf of 2 million beneficiaries. And you heard both of those numbers correct. Mary, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. It's so good to be with you. Um, and I think, Mary, we probably should say a thank you to Ted Daniels and uh, SFEPD, who was kind of to put you and I on a panel together at their annual financial leadership conference. And that's how you and I first met. Absolutely. Um, and I'm so glad that we did. Like, likewise. I. So we, we have a set of questions that we have prepared, and we're going to go through those. But I think when our audience, and our, as you know, our audience, it's a student, student audience, educators, parents, when they hear a number like 100 billion dollars, it's a very hard number to even relate to. You get to, to see that number daily. Whose money is that? How, how does your mind digest a number that large? That is other people's money. That's how I think about it. Um, you know, we have a fiduciary responsibility to take care of other people's money that they are saving in five and ten dollar increments sometimes. Uh, you know, the account owner owns the money, but they are saving for the beneficiaries, which who are a lot of your listeners, um, you know, those students, their loved ones that they want to prepare for a better future and to make it a little bit easier to tap into the costs of higher education. So, uh, you know, each individual account is important. We look at those individual accounts. I don't really think about when you ask me the number, it's like, well, you know, it's around $100 billion. Um, you know, give or take, it changes every day. But the important part is that, um, you know, a lot of people are putting in money that they have saved, you know, the good old fashioned hard way a little bit, hopefully every month. Uh, if you save in, you know, just do an automatic contribution of 10, 20, 100, whatever you can put in every month, um, put in gifts, put in year end bonuses, Christmas presents, you know, whatever you can do to start leveraging it up and, and saving personally. Um, and for anyone who's hearing 529 and saying, what is it? What is it? We're going to get there. Mary, you said two things that really resonate with me. You said it's other people's money. And you followed up by saying, you know, families, individuals can contribute five, ten dollars uh, amounts that'll say that's small towards their future. Let, let first, what is a fiduciary? When you say we're a fiduciary in other people's money, what do you mean? 
We are stewards. We are trustees. We are caretakers of that money. It's funny when you say that. Uh, my our, our marketing team tells you know, that we don't like that word because people don't understand it. And I think, oh, but it's such an important word. Fiduciary is a position of trust. Uh, and we really take that seriously. Everyone on my team, myself, my board, uh, that's, that's the cornerstone to what we do. We are caring for, we are taking care of, safekeeping, other people's money. Uh, and we really take that seriously. We want to provide uh, the best, the lowest fees we can, the best rates, the uh, the best products, the best investment options, uh, and, and really take that seriously so that it's it's a good exercise and, and, and provide information along the way. Uh, and we do a lot with things like this. Financial education, understanding all of these things is a big part of our mission as well. And, and a shout out to Virginia, one of the very few, but one of the also the first states to introduce a personal finance mandate uh, in the, at the K through 12, correct? Um, well, yes, the mandate is actually for high school students that they have to complete a one year course in personal finance and economics in order to graduate from a Virginia high school. Um, so there are other elements throughout. There is an SOL, um, standards of learning for students beginning in kindergarten. Um, and we work with the Virginia Council of Economic Educators and, and some other things um, to provide lessons to um, to kindergartners. We, we have a program called Reading Makes Sense. And they are books. They are Caldecott wow. winners and Newbery Award winners. Um, we provide those to the school libraries with curriculum and other suggested readings. And the school librarians uh, produce, you know, to sort of talk about that. They're all great books. They all have some financial component uh, and age appropriate. So the SOLs in kindergarten through the third grade, fourth grade are all about wants versus needs and resources and limited resources. And then there are building blocks on that, obviously. So yeah, so we start just as early as kindergartners. Well, I love because as I learn every time I have one of these conversations and you taught me as we were talking before the show that VA 529 played a role in helping Virginia take that step. And I thought that was really exciting to hear. We did. We were supporters of it. We have, again, we have some resources. We are entirely non-general fund funded. That means we don't get any state tax dollars at all. Um, we do assess a small administrative fee on our savings programs, and we use that to fund our operations and also to work on a lot of our financial um, education objectives. And we also work to um, provide scholarship programs and, and other types of resources for underrepresented and under-resourced uh, citizens of Virginia. And so that's one of those programs that so we were able to provide some financial support to the Department of Education in Virginia as they developed the personal finance and economics curriculum, an online curriculum that's made available to every teacher in Virginia for free, uh, and which is also presented as a virtual Virginia course online for students who want to take it that way. They can take it in the summer, they can take it during the school year, they can take it in school, they can take it out of school um, as long as they get the curriculum. And uh, so we helped. And then we also helped them develop the module on saving for higher education and using a 529 account. I love hearing that. The reason I brought that up, I have observed across three different audiences, a general, I'll say a strong desire to learn more about a 529. And when you're doing work like that behind the scenes, that just shows the, even the added value. But those three audiences, students, parents, and educators who I imagine are your 
your audience absolutely. as well. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we love to work with educators. And, uh, you know, again, it, there's always a leveraging effect in learning about 529s. I know, you know, we know that even though we do a lot in Virginia and we have pretty high recognition in Virginia, better than most of the national numbers in terms of what Virginia 529 is, what a 529 program is. Um, you know, we were one of the first in the country that started using Virginia 529 or Invest 529 is what we use um, more broadly nationally along with College America, which is an advisor program. And I know I'm getting a butt ahead of mm -hmm. myself in our conversation, but I thought it was really important to use the term 529 because that's what the national media uses. Um, mm -hmm. And that's where 529 comes from. And so if, and, and more states have adopted that now, you'll see it's Pennsylvania 529 now, it's Maryland 529, Virginia 529, uh, Utah has switched to, um, they call their program My 529. So that starts getting into people's heads. Uh, you know, I've always said I wanted 529 to be for college savings, what a 401k is to people on retirement. You may not know everything about it, but you know at least it has something to do with saving for higher education, post-secondary education. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and to compare to your 401k analogy, if I, so I, my wife and I, we have 529 plans for our four kids. If we put that money in the 529 plan, Mary, can you give uh, our audience a feel for the depth that's behind you? Like sure. when, when you say a hundred billion dollars, 2 million beneficiaries, and here we see you in your, in your office, I'm guessing you're not doing it alone. No. Well, let me give you the quick and dirty on 529 plans. How about that? A 529 plan, they, they all have to be state-sponsored. So that's kind of a key component. Virginia 529, my agency, um, it's a state agency. We're an independent agency of the Commonwealth of Virginia. So we have that you know state behind us. I think we have the best of both worlds. We have that public sector mission-based foundation. So when I talk about a fiduciary responsibility, it just really means something. But we're also allowed to be a little bit entrepreneurial and we're a little bit competitive. So we, you know, we provide our products and, and individuals can choose uh, among 529 programs across the country. We're only that big because we have a national program and we have multiple programs. But, but the underlying thing of it is 529. That's a reference to the Internal Revenue Code that gives us our special tax advantages. So why would a family save for college in a 529 versus a savings account, individual stocks and bonds, whatever they, they may do for you know all their other savings? It's those tax advantages. Uh, if you save in a 529, it grows tax-free, federal and state tax-free for as long as you have it invested. And here's the real kicker. It is never taxed as long as you use it for what are called qualified higher education expenses. And that definition has broadened in recent years. So as long as you use it for intended purposes, you never pay tax on your gains. That can be a huge, again, that word leverage, that, that, that you can really increase your savings by not having to pay tax on it year over year or when it's paid out. And then in addition, 30, I think it's 37 soon, perhaps to be 38 states provide a state income tax deduction for your contributions. So you put money in with after-tax dollars. So it's a little bit different from most 401ks in that it's not pre-tax dollars, um, but you get a tax deduction when it comes time to file your state tax returns. So a lot of folks that are doing that now in Virginia and across the country get to take a deduction for their contributions. In Virginia, it's up to $4,000 per account per year. 
unlimited carry forward. So if you put more than 4,000 in, you get to take that deduction over the next however many years it takes um, against your state income tax liabilities. So those two things alone are a really big benefit. In Virginia, for someone who's paying at the top tax bracket and and, and puts a full 4000 in, it's probably about $250 a year um, they can reduce their taxes by to do something that they should be doing anyway that's good for them. And oh yeah, it's growing tax-free. So a lot of good benefits there. Because the other side of just saving some of the tax dollars is what you, the growth that you just said. Your right. money is multiplying. Right. And the, the, the more money you've saved in advance, the less you have to take out in loans. I would never tell anybody loans are an absolute no-no. You know, loan debt can be fine if it's managed well, if you know what you're doing. But the more money you've saved, the less debt you'll need. And I guarantee you that, you know, that it's that difference, what it takes um, to save to, to pay out, let's say, $10,000 um, in tuition costs or expenses uh, is roughly half of what it will take you to pay that through a loan and then pay it off over time. And none of that money inures to your benefit. So it's just a much better deal to, to you know, what, what's that old saying? Pay me now or pay me later. Um, pay yourself now by saving and you'll pay out less later and you'll have more disposable income when you get out of college or when you finish with your education to get started on buying a house, establishing a business, doing all those other things that you may want to do. I'm going to re I'm going to just reemphasize your statement there. The more money you save, the less debt you'll need. That's a power statement, Mary. I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one sessions with college students and to our parent and educator audience. The fear is real and the fear is not a set dollar amount. It's just this bubble called debt. Right. <laughs> and so I think that's a, a very powerful statement. And I'll add on parents, the earlier you start, the more your money, more time your money has to grow. Yeah. Well, that's one of those things, you know, I always tell people, so just get started. Don't worry about how much it's going to cost in the future. Don't worry about where your kid's going to go. Don't worry about where you're going to go. Because again, one thing to remember, anyone can have a 529 account. It is not just for small children. It is not just for uh, high school students. Anyone can have a 529 account and anyone might need it. You know, we're seeing a lot of people after the pandemic saying, I want to do something different. I don't want to have to, you know, work out in the general public. I want to work in an office so that when people have to get sent home, I get to work from home. Or I want to work in healthcare, you know, whatever it is, they need to upskill, they need to reskill, they need to continually learn. And you can use your 529 account for that. Uh, you know, when I mentioned, we, we have expanded that. So an apprenticeship, the costs associated with an apprenticeship, um, you can use your 529 account for many types of credentialing programs, certificate programs. And we're trying mm. to expand that even further. You can use your 529 account. Um, parents with more funds at their disposal. And, and again, we saw this during the pandemic when some parents wanted their children to continue to have an in-person experience, they actually put them into private schools. You can use your 529 account up to $10,000 a year for private school tuition. Uh, so, I, you know, that's not my favorite because you're not using it for as long and you don't have the ability to, to let it grow and you want to have it in the future. But we did see families tap into it um, for to whatever amount they needed in a short term, hopefully they can backfill it. Um, and then finally, you can actually use a 529 account now, this is pretty recent, uh, to pay down some student debt. 
We think that's important because some families, you know, you may not know how much you've saved. You may not know how much you need. So you might take on the debt as, you know, a little bit of debt, use your 529, use uh, current resources and current income to the extent you need to. If when you finish with your education, you've got some money left over in your 529 account, you can use it to pay down that debt faster and get it off the books. So uh, again, it's just we just become more flexible over time. And, and we continue as an industry uh, to work on that. It's one of the things I, I neglected to mention when I was talking about 529 programs, every state in the country, with the exception of Wyoming, um, and they work with Colorado on their program, so they, they work together, has a 529 program. The way Section 529 of the Internal Revenue Code goes, um, a program has to be sponsored by the state. Part of that's because the state started these programs in the first place back in the early 80s with what are called prepaid programs. Probably won't get into that um, that's a little bit in the weeds, mm-hmm. and most states don't have them. Pennsylvania, however, does have a really good one where you're located, and Virginia has one. Um, and so, so I know a lot about them. But it's just it's uh, more akin to a defined benefit plan in the retirement world. Uh, we take out the market risk, and uh, you know, sort of give a promise of what we'll pay out in the future, versus what most five two nines do, which are savings programs. Um, you invest in a mutual fund most often, very di- you know different types of portfolios. Um, most have target date funds, target enrollment funds, which um, start less conservatively and get more conservative as the students approach college age. And I'm probably getting into I like where you're taking that, Mary. And I, I want to go there, but I'm like, my brain's like still back. All things. Day. I know uh, too many, well, too much information, but it was um, great information. And I don't want people to miss two, two things you said. One, I hadn't heard before. And you said, it's relatively new. When you said I can use a piece of my five two nine to pay off student loan debt, two, two thoughts popped in my head. One, if I'm talking about me, the individual, the student, why didn't I use the five to nine money already while I was in school? And my second question to follow on to that is, or can parents or, you know, the whoever set up the five to nine plan use that to help students? And if I misinterpret, I want to make sure I wanted to ask that question. So, yes, they absolutely can. The reason why you might not have one, most people aren't fortunate enough to have saved everything they mm-hmm. need in their five to nine. Right. And you can use a 529 account for tuition, for fees, for books, for room and board if you're attending at least half time, which is um, six credit hours a semester. Uh, you know, so there are different things that you can use it for. And so, I mean, I know a lot of parents are like, eh, well, I'm going to use some of my 529, but I, I want to spread it out over four years. I don't want to use it all in the first year. Um, or sometimes students get uh, scholarships in the first year that don't persist into the second, third and fourth year. So, you know, it's a compilated calculus to figure out what you're going to need to, to make it through whatever educational course you've chosen. And so, you know, that wise use of, of debt and and uh, resources uh, comes into play. Some parents think it's really important that their children have some what they call skin in the game and take on some debt. So they may be willing to support with their 529 fund or whatever they have, but they want the student to learn a little bit about debt. And, and it's a pretty good way to learn. It's easy to tap into. You can start establishing it. Um, you don't start, generally speaking, and again, we'll go more into the weeds. I could probably talk to you for the next year. We could do a bunch of sessions, but um, you don't yeah. start accruing interest on that student debt while you're a student. So it's not bad to get take on that debt. It's a way to manage how all your money is flowing. If you can then pay it off quickly, you're not paying 
people back interest. So you can you can limit the amount of interest that you're paying. So it's really just a budgeting concept, really. If you're not quite sure what all you're going to need over the course of a one year, two year, four year uh, educational timeline. The other thing is that, you know, families got so much saved. They've got three kids, let's say. One ends up getting scholarships. They're the superstar. They either have an athletic scholarship, whatever. They don't need their 529 as much. The other one isn't ready for college. You want to hold on to something for them because they may change their minds. You know, you just never know what they're going to need. They may do a certificate program. They may go to a community college and get an associate's degree. But but right now they didn't need it. And your third student, you didn't have enough saved for everybody. So they've got debt. They graduate, but they've got some debt. So you can choose to use those other accounts that you didn't need. You can move the money and, and help that other beneficiary. So that's another flexibility of 529 programs is that you can change the beneficiary. Uh, you can change it within your really your broad family group. So you can take it for yourself as a parent. Grandparents can have accounts for their grandchildren. They can change the beneficiary among the grandchildren. Uh, you can change it to an aunt, an uncle, cousins, uh, you know, anywhere within the family tree. Uh, you can do it without adverse tax consequences. And so again, a family that's budgeting and planning for multiple children has some flexibility in how they ultimately use those funds. I love that one, two, three example that you just gave. The others, so in a past life, Mary, I was an emergency medical technician, an EMT. Now, paramedic is the certification. Mm -hmm. You said I can use a 529 for apprenticeships and certifications, which I know firsthand from talking with both parents and students, they don't necessarily know this. When most people, when they think 529, the brain immediately connects to college. Yep. What are the boundaries around the certificates, the apprenticeships? And I love that you use community college in another example too, because you just opened minds, uh, but specific to the certificates and apprenticeships. That that is a lot of what I talk about these days because I think it is so 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 important. You know, families I think get obsessed with oh, college is too expensive and the tuition inflation it's so high. But again, they're always thinking about a four year university program. We try to help families think about how they can plan and save as much as you can, but also how do you just make it affordable? How is it more accessible and affordable? That's our mission at Virginia 529. That's what's in our statute. You do that by thinking about, well, what else can you do? If you start a community college, you are probably saving between a third and a half of the total expense of a four-year degree just by getting your first two years at community college. So you sort of save your 529 money. Maybe you can afford uh, community college without any debt or your 529. Again, depending on the household income, if you're Pell Grant eligible, in most states, the Pell Grant will cover all of your tuition and fees at community college. You still have to live and, you know, so maybe you have to work, maybe you don't. And that's what a lot of families find, I think, that with a 529 account, between what they can cover on their own, what they can cover with the 529 and, and what they may cover with a small amount of debt, a reasonable amount of debt that you have a chance to pay it back in a reasonable amount of time after you graduate. That's how I look at taking on student debt. Don't take on six-figure debt if you're going to go into a line of work that's not going to afford you an income that will let you pay it off. But again, that's a different different topic probably for a different day. But you, know, you sort of think through all of that and, um, and get started. So if you start a community college, maybe you live at home, maybe you don't, but you can save a lot of money if you do that. Um, you don't have the travel expenses. You don't have a lot of these other expenses. And, and just the, the cost of the coursework is much less. Same thing with certificate programs. Um, apprenticeships, often there aren't 
hard costs with it. In fact, usually in an apprenticeship program, you're being paid some kind of a salary, usually less than what you'll make when you finish with the apprenticeship. But depending on the program and the state, there may be some expenses. You still have to take some classes probably at a community college. Um, sometimes the program pays for that. Sometimes the individual has to. Uh, and generally, all of your tools, your supplies. So in a more traditional apprenticeship, uh, let's say a welding program, the tools of that the student would have to supply. That can be thousands of dollars. You can use your 529 for that. So, you know, it's just a, it's just a wide Mary, range. Mary, can things. I ask that you repeat that? Because that's the first I've ever heard that. And if that's the first I've ever heard it, I'm guessing it's the first of many educator students and parents have it. That What you just said on welding and equipment, will you say that one more time? Yeah. So with, with an apprenticeship program, again, uh, like a lot of times people think, well, they're paying me and they are, but it's usually, it may not be a living, uh, living wage. I don't you know, depending how you, you characterize that. It's a, it's a lower wage um, in an apprenticeship program because you're learning. And so there may be some coursework associated and you have to, sometimes you have to pay for that. Sometimes the program pays for that. It just depends on how well-funded that apprenticeship program is, but almost always the tools that you need in the apprenticeship program are required to be provided by the student, by the apprentice. And so in a welding program, whatever, uh, you know, welding tools and boots and, and, and equipment that you have to have is an expense to the student. The program doesn't provide those. Um, some of the, the more modern, if you would, would uh, I mean, there are a lot of medical technical um, types of apprenticeships now. So it's not sort of not your, not your grandfather's or your father's apprenticeship program. Those are still hugely important, you know, HVAC work and, and welding and, and, and all of the sort of trades um, are hugely important. In Virginia, apprenticeships are a very big thing um, because we have the Newport News uh, shipbuilding uh, company is in Newport News, Virginia. It's huge. They build massive ships for uh, the U.S. military, and they have an unbelievable apprenticeship program. And I think they might even cover all of your supplies. I mean, they are pretty much of a soup to nuts apprenticeship program. But again, not all apprenticeship programs are built alike. So some of them, there are expenses. Um, but to me, it's important to talk about it because again, I think some families and families, you know, with, with fewer resources think, well, 529 is not for me because I can't save tens of thousands of dollars over any period of time. That's just not realistic. Um, and that may be true. You may be able to get more than you think if you start asking friends and family to help you by putting gifts into your 529. But when you can use it for things like that, that can be the difference between going into that apprenticeship program and not. Um, you know, if you have living expenses that are more than that apprenticeship program is going to pay you, remember, you can use your 529 for room and board. So if you save for a number of years to be able to then transition and go, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to take that plunge now. I'm going to take off the six months that I need to study full-time to get my EMT certificate. I can live off of the money I've been able to save in my 529, or I can at least supplement, right? So I don't have to work two part-time jobs. I can just work one part-time job while I'm getting the training. Uh, you know, those are the types of things people need to think about. What's realistic for you? What can you do and how might you use that to, to follow your dreams, to follow your goals, uh, you know, to, to, to find a better uh, career path uh, forward for you? Wow. Mary, you've obviously done this before because this is so in sync and so broad. A high school, uh, the example you just gave of a parent thinking of, of their own individual child who may choose college, may not. 
Well, a high school educator in the classroom, that's not necessarily her or his choice to make, but they have 30 students each with individual dreams. Some subset that want to go to college, some subset that want to pursue certifications, apprenticeships, and some subset that just doesn't know. And the way that you have, 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 have kind of expressed this, it's available to all of those students. Absolutely. Wow. Um, one, of the, the, one of the last things I did, I guess, before the pandemic hit and, and doing things in person stopped was uh, we work, uh, again, it's one of our big volunteer efforts, uh, along with using some of our resources to support junior achievement. So hopefully some of your students have, have been mm -hmm. uh, junior achievement scholars. And uh, Finance Park is one of my absolute favorites. And in the Richmond area, we support the Finance Park Career Center. And I just love it. We help pay for that. And we have lots of uh, really great technology, you know, big screen uh, monitors with information. We tap into the Virginia Wizard, which gives you ideas. There's a, a board. And, and the last time I did this, I was standing with a young man, a junior, I think, in high school. Uh, and you were looking in the little bubbles about uh, jobs and how much education it takes and what you can do. And, and it gave you a real feel for uh, the, the simplest example for me always is dealing with animals. You know, you like to work with animals. Okay. If you want to be a vet, you have to go four years of college and vet school. And there's going to be a cost to that. And, but it also tells you, uh, you know, what you might make when you get out. There's a vet tech. That's a different level of, of uh, training and experience. You might be a groomer. That's a certificate probably, right? Or some shorter course. Uh, you can be a dog walker. I mean, there are all kinds of things you can do and they all require different levels of education and they're going to have a very different level of compensation. So you decide what works for you and what's of interest. So I was talking to this one young man and he absolutely knew. He said, I want to, I want to be a heating and air conditioning mechanic. I want to install heating and air conditioning units in homes. It was so specific. He had a friend whose father had his own heating and air conditioning business, and he thought that looked pretty cool, and he didn't want to be in the classroom anymore, and he liked you know, the idea of moving around and just being in different places and not being stuck in an office. And, I thought, and so we talked about it, and it was such a great conversation because we looked, and he could see, and he wasn't too impressed with what he could make just being a technician. I said, well, but there are other things you can do. You, you know, you, you might decide in a couple of years that you want to get another certificate. You know, you might decide you want to have your own business because then you can kind of control what you do and how much money you make and have other people work for you. So you might go back to the community college and take some business classes so you know what to do and how to start a business. And uh, or, you know, you really might change your mind and decide, you know, I really want to learn this. I want to be an engineer. I want to go to school. I want to go to college and, and I want to, to, you know, do run this whole program and do installations in office buildings in Richmond, Virginia. All those things are open to you, but yeah, start, get that initial training and be an HVAC tech or mechanic. And then just don't close out other opportunities. And if you have a 529 account that you just keep putting those 10 bucks a month in or 50 bucks or whatever you can, and your parents help you, then those opportunities are open to you. And you know what? If he just does great and he likes what he's doing, but he ends up having kids, then take that 529 account and transfer the beneficiary to your kids and, and start saving for them. So, uh, you know, all things are possible. Just uh, just think about opportunities and uh, don't assume that you know the answers or what path you're going to take. And uh, it generally works out. Oh, Mary, that's that's worth a round of applause. Um, when you were saying that uh, in my mind, I was putting myself in a high school classroom. And I was saying, Gene, I can be anything. 
that, that's what your example, high school students, you can be anything. Uh, yeah. Don't feel that societal, that societal pressure to give off the impression that you do know the next steps. Right. And you don't have to know now. I, I tell kids all the time. It's like, you just don't need to know what you want to be when you grow up. Uh, you know, I changed careers different times. I, I'm a lawyer by training. I, you know, I was very fortunate. I had all the opportunities to get education. My parents were able to, I don't even know. I didn't, I didn't worry about it. Honestly, I was just so fortunate. Uh, and I try to tap into that privilege and recognize that not everyone's that lucky. Um, and my parents didn't think about it that much. I just was also self-motivated to want to get an education and they were supportive. Now I covered my law school education. So I learned a little bit then, but it was so much less expensive, uh, you know, back a million years ago when I went to law school. Uh, but, you know, I started off working for uh, a law firm. I transitioned. I worked for the attorney general's office in Virginia for a while. I, I went into the public sector. I've been in and out. You know, no one said, now they were all kind of law related, but I haven't practiced law for more than half of my career. Uh, so, you know, no matter what you've done, you can go in different directions. And uh, so you, know, you don't have to know. And and I have, you know, two kids and, and they're still figuring it out. And it's, fine to be figuring it out as you go along. That's, uh, uh, that's the way life goes. It's not a straight line. It's a, it can be a curvy road and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't want to speak for you, Mary, but I'm, I'm comfortable saying that I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> I, you know, I used to say that I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And I said that into my um, early fifties, I'm, I'm actually there. I'm so happy where I am. I get the chance to, to talk about things like this, that I, that I really am passionate about. And I get to, to work with high school students. And like I said, we, we, we work with this, a different group with JA, we go into uh, elementary schools. And, uh, you know, I had one experience there with a little fella in first grade and he was so cute. Um, and it was a challenged school in Virginia and they had to draw what they wanted to be. And he was drawing it really tiny. And I went over and talked to him and he was like embarrassed by it. And, and when I figured it out, he want, it was a videographer. He wanted to be a videographer. Mm. So it's stupid. And I mean, I knew in that second someone had told him, family member, friend, something, that, that was a stupid thing to aspire to. You don't want to do that. And, uh, you know, for me, it's like, and I said, no, it's not. I think that sounds awesome. I, you know, you could do all kinds of things with that. And you have talent and, you know, you're artistic. And so you can start that encouragement at any time. And not all kids get it at home. You know that you see it. Um, so that's where educators come in. That's where mentors come in. That's where, you know, our volunteers that can come out and talk to kids come in. Um, kids get lessons in many different ways and at different times. Um, but the message always has to be, you know, to aspire. And I'm not even sure I say you can be anything, you know, who knows what you, but, but there are opportunities always just don't close them out. And, uh, and, you know, financial resources always help. So to the extent you use to learn some of those good habits early um, and do save and do plan, I always talk about planning and saving for education. Um, you can get there because there are different paths and there are people who will help you along the way. You just have to, to learn how to tap into some of those resources. I hope that first grader kind of erased the small videographer picture and drew a really, yeah, really big one after you. <laughs> so cute. And I just, it just broke my heart that he said that because I could just, it's like, oh, I want to just strangle whoever told you that that was a stupid goal. Um, because it's not one, one, it isn't. And, you know, why would you tell that to a six year old? It just, anyway. But. Yeah. 
No, I'll, I'll brag about something that my daughter and some of her friends in their fifth grade class have done, Mary. Maybe some of our listeners find inspiration. They started a self-esteem team at the school, and it's an anonymous envelope where you can, if you saw a kid maybe be told he couldn't be a videographer, you could put it in there and say, hey, you know, Billy needs a pep talk because he's really good with a video a camera, and he was told he's not. Oh, and they get an, just an anonymous little pep talk. Um you know, the generations coming behind us are, I think, going to really surprise us with what they're capable yeah, of. I love that. I think, I hope that children are, in fact, growing up to be more empathetic and, and more kind uh, than they have been maybe in past generations. Well, Mary, you, you, you kind of have brought us full circle here. And you, you said a word that's really core to what we do at Travel. You said planning. Uh, I, I'm torn here. I, because we could go two tangents. We could go down the rabbit hole of the planning behind the $100 billion VA529, which is a gigantic architecture and a lot we can learn. I think for purposes of this conversation, let's table that for another conversation. If I'm an individual, if I'm a parent, if I'm a, if I'm a teacher hearing this, I've heard three things in this conversation. I've heard there's, and specific to a 529, there are tax benefits, my money can grow, and it reduces the cost of my or my loved one's educational expenses. How do yep. I get started? How do I build a plan to go do it? Spot on. So the first thing you do is you know do your research. I always say uh, you know look to your state's plan first because you may have those tax benefits and things that that make you want to be in your state's program. But look at their offerings, look at their fees, you know see what you get from that program. As I said, we we have folks from all over the country in our programs, um, but most people stick with their state's plan. And um, and then you can go to the website. And honestly, if you just type in Virginia 529, that's what we use. But uh, in any state, that will get you to your state's program. So, you know, do a little bit of education is always great. Those, those state websites will tell you about the programs, what you can do. There are also two good resources, I think, if you just want to get learn broad information and do some comparisons. Savingforcollege.com is one website, and then collegesavings.org, which is um, the College Savings Plans Network. Um, of which we are a member, all the states are, uh, that gives you a lot of information about 529 programs and lets you compare different states' programs, the, the fees, the offerings, and all of that. Um, and then opening up an account really takes about 10 minutes. doesn't matter which state's program you're in, I don't think. only takes a few pieces of information. And in Virginia, you can open up an account with $10. So just getting started is the key. Most people are terrible procrastinators. That is probably my biggest failing in life. You know, it's if you can put it off until tomorrow, well, then put it off until tomorrow. Well, no, just stop putting it off. Um, a lot of states will do promotions. Uh, so look for that. Uh, you know, we'll put $50 into your account if you open up an account and set it for recurring contributions or they have prizes, they have different things. Um, so tap into that. Maybe you get some, some free money put into your account. Um, but just get started. It doesn't take very long. Uh, make your selections. You can always make changes. Uh, and then one of the things we offer within our program is you don't even have to have an account, but if you just sign in, sort of get your credentials to get started, we offer some tools, some planning tools. Uh, we have some calculators that you can tap into just to get an idea of um, how your account might grow, how much, what the difference would be between 
saving or paying with debt for college education. Uh, you know, how much do you want to save? What do you think is realistic? So we have some good planning tools. Um, but then we have something powered by a group called Invite Education that lets you set a plan for infants through uh, into college. Uh, and it taps into you can put in that site, you can put all the personal information, you can put financial information, uh, and it steps you through the things that you should be thinking about. So, you know, we're trying to provide those tools. And then the other thing, again, I, I don't look at other websites, but if you just go into Virginia 529s, you can subscribe, subscribe to our newsletter. And every four to six weeks, we, we send out things. So if there are any, um, you know, specials or, or contests that we're running, you find out about that. But we also include some lessons, um, you know, information, you know, when you talked about fiduciary, we've started trying to do some things where we explain some of the terminology, where we talk about our different portfolios. So you can just learn a lot just from starting to go to some of those websites and, and read a little bit. Um, and then if you open up an account, again, it's not a huge investment of time or money just to get started. And then, you know, hopefully you'll continue and you'll start to get messages from us or whatever program you tap into. Um, we're not going to harass you. We're not going to you know, shame anybody. We're just trying to give you some information um, to help you along the way and to encourage you to continue saving. Um, you know, one of the things that we're really proud of in Virginia is the percentage of our customers or accounts that that receive contributions every year and that's actually one of our performance measures to to increase that number so we don't forget about you once you open an account we want you to persist and continue to grow and almost 70 percent of our accounts have people you know have contributions at least once a year wow. uh, so um, I think the national average is somewhere in the 40s so we we really do focus on that in Virginia we think that it's you know that's important it's it, it's it's good to just get started and open up the account but too many people do that and then they forget about it uh, again inertia takes over so um, again the, the biggest thing I would say for a family is to open an account and set it up for a recurring contribution of any amount of money, just something so that you're putting money in every month. And then you think about it and you know, you don't feel it. If you set it up for again, $10, $50, whatever your budget allows and then increase it when you can. So, you know, and that's just basic financial stuff that I know you're telling your students all the time. If you get, um, you know, a bonus, put some of that into this account. If you get an, an increase in salary or compensation, take a piece of that and increase your monthly contribution. That's how you, you build it over time. Start small and, and let it grow with you as you grow. Yeah. Don't underestimate the impact of a lot of littles. It's the steady five and ten dollar amounts that you referenced. That's where a hundred billion came from. I mean, that maybe that's one good way to put it. You know, we have grown it account by account. Um, it's interesting. Virginia has in in both of our programs, and I haven't really talked about it. College America is what we call an advisor program. So if you work with a financial advisor, you are likely to be in our College America program. It has some additional fees, and some people don't like those, and you don't have to pay them. But if you aren't really comfortable with this, and you have a more complex um, financial financial picture, then you probably work with a financial advisor and, and they will probably put you into a College America program. Um, still one of the most highly regarded in the country and with very low asset management based fees. So, you know, we think it's a great product. Um, our Invest 529 is our what we call direct sold savings program. So that's more for the do-it-yourselfers. You go onto our website, you select your portfolios. We try to give you some education around it, but you can get started that way. And then 
for Virginians, we have what we call, it's our tuition track portfolio now, but it's defined benefit option. So we charge you um, average tuition at a Virginia public university um, per unit. And when it gets paid out in the future, we pay out at average tuition. It's very similar to Pennsylvania's program. So those are your different options. Um, but again, you, you just get started, just put a little bit in every month um, and it really makes a difference. And we've done that over the last 25 plus years. Uh, you know, we started with zero accounts 25 years ago and through our educational work, we've helped people to, to grow those initial small balances. And so both of our programs, I think the average right now account balance is about 23,000, 24,000 in an account. That includes those that are just starting and those that are already paying down. Um, and we absolutely see that it works because I have the charts, you know, we get all of our data and you can see the, they start at maybe an average account opening balance. It averages out at about 3000 because some people can put in a lot. Some people are putting in 10, you end up with a, a start of about 3000 and then it grows slowly up to about age 18 and then it starts to pay out exactly what it's supposed to do. So the folks that get started in a 529, you know, have, have done that pre-work, I think. Um, so they know what they need to do. They just, and, and this vehicle helps them do that steady, slow and steady, delayed gratification of having a goal and working towards it over, you know, a fairly long period of time. Um, and if you do that, if you stick with it, the, the, you know, it pays off. Mary, I have a final question. That's one I view as kind of fun. Imagine that you and I are high school educators where it's, it's lunch break and where we just listen to this podcast, listening to Mary Morris, the CEO of Virginia 529, talk about 529s in a way that we understood and inspired us. And I'm curious if you were that high school educator and you had a blank canvas in front of you, what assignment would you create for your students? and something that would allow these students to take action based on listening to yours and my conversation right now? Well, I could take that in a couple of different ways. I would have them do some research. I would send them out to the internet to start learning about 529 programs. Um, and I'm not sure which one I would pick. I'd, I'd probably have to take a look myself first and see what, what the current messages are, but um, or, or make them find five differences among five different programs, right? Or, uh, you know, compare and contrast the different types of programs. Because I'd be looking for, you know, is that program going to help you with your goal setting? Is it going to provide some financial education with you? Is it going to be on this journey with you um, or not? Because uh, that's important to me. Um, but you could have them compare the fees um, for a 529 program. If you want, it depends on what your lesson is, right? But just the broader one is to just think about or, or to prepare um, a little white paper for your parents to start talking about these um, sometimes uncomfortable topics. Families tend to not talk about finances. Um, so a student needs to know their family, um, but if they can broach it and say, hey, you know, we, we had we learned about these 529 programs. Do you know about them? Do you have a 529 account for me? Um, and, and if not, can we let's work on it together? And, you know, so it could go in different directions, but I would make it interactive and I would have it be learning about 529s and, and then sharing that with your family. Um, in a way that works. Uh, you know, again, I'll go back to my JA example with Finance Park. That's an example. That is an opportunity for students to build a budget and they take on personas and have to figure out how to pay for everything in life. And every time I do that, they leave with an appreciation for their parents 
and how hard it is for them to do what they're doing every day, which is keep their household together and pay the bills and, you know, get their kids to soccer practices and all of that. So this could be the same kind of thing on, on a very targeted way to help them understand what their parents may be struggling with and to maybe give them some, some conversational points to start that conversation with their families to, you know, to maybe get someone to take some action to, to work towards their future. Uh -huh. Mary, thank you. Uh, thank you on behalf of the Troutwood community. Thank you personally. And thank you also on behalf of, thank you to you and your entire team on behalf of those 2 million beneficiaries for the work that you do. Um, it was an honor having you on the podcast. Well, thanks so much. We have a great team. I have so much support and it's so much fun. And we are all, uh, you know, that's the nice thing about having the state involved and the state part of it, it is mission driven. I mean, we are laser focused on, uh, you know, we're not making money. This is not a for profit. We're a state agency just trying to help families um, have a better future. So thank you. Uh, I, I believe it, Mary, your passion shown through in every statement. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Watching Trees Grow, a podcast by Troutwood.